Hello YouTube, it's Hunt back with another episode of Tabletop Recap. We've been doing a lot of D&D recaps recently, so we wanted to kind of separate that a bit, do a little spacing. Uh, so today we're actually going to give our first impressions of the Warhammer 40k Tabletop Miniatures game. We got Big Boy Chungus here with us, as usual. Wow! And uh, he'll probably do... I feel like he's been doing most of the talking pretty much every single episode. Because he's the DM for Descending to Avernus. And he's the one who's kind of big into Warhammer. It's something we'll be playing in the future and doing uh, bigger videos on. Well, videos if you're watching this on YouTube. But anywhere else, it's podcasts. But, yeah. We, uh... We are going to play this. I'm not going to spend a dime on it because I spent a ton of money on Hero Clicks and nobody played with me. <laughs> nobody <laughs> would play with me. Spent a ton of money on Call of Cthulhu, 7th edition. Nobody will play with me. I'll so, play with you. You just can't find anyone else to play with you. Eh. 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 Yeah. But, uh, so, G and uh, Big Boy Chungus here have gotten big into Warhammer. G more than me. Uh, I mainly got a small set just to, you know, interact with him a little bit more. Well, he's the only one that can afford it. Yeah. <laughs> I got enough to play, uh, what's the term, um, not professionally, uh, casually. I am very much a casual player of the game. G is the one who's got like a whole group down where he lives uh, that he plays with regularly. Yeah, if you live in an like urban area with like a gaming store or something, it's very easy to find a Warhammer group. It's a very, 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 very popular game. So yeah, uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to get into it a bit more now. Uh, so you're the one who's like a big lore guy when it comes to you know all these games and stuff. I don't really care about lore at all. I don't. I'm not a lore guy. I find it uh, exhausting <laughs> to learn all this stuff. Especially if I'm not, you know, GMing or something. And even in Call of Cthulhu, I just use cryptids instead of Lovecraft's monsters, so I don't have to learn anything about them. <laughs> Half their names are slurs anyway, so it's probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so give us just a quick uh, description of the world that the Warhammer 40k game takes place in. So, it's referred to as the grimdark future of the universe, where... Everything in the Milky Way galaxy has evolved over the course of 40,000 years of evolution. Um, humanity has made numerous advances in both technology and biology so that they can compete and survive in a universe where everything else, both alien and uh, known to them, has basically evolved to the point where they just consume or destroy everything. It's very much fantasy where it has human, humans, elves, demons, and orcs all trying to fight for dominance and survival, um, but with a sci-fi, far-flung future twist. Yeah, it seems like lots of these games just refuse to be pure sci-fi. They're like, we have to have fantasy also. There are some definite sci-fi fantasy nod or fantasy nods. Um, like for example, I learned the other day that there are actually halflings and dwarves in the Warhammer 40k universe. However, they are just certain. Uh, they are just a species, a subspecies of humans that have branched off and evolved given the environments of certain planets. Yeah, it's like Starfinder, but way, way, way more violent. Oh yeah, like um, <laughs> and the one thing that and. 
Connor, the trading card goblin, we, we've talked in private or off the podcast about this. The cool thing that's unique about this he, series... He used to play this back in the day. Mm-hmm. But he, he and his friends would use, like, army men because they couldn't afford the minis. Which I totally applaud. Yeah. You know, it, it's a fun game. You can pick them and play whenever, but it's definitely expensive. But what I was saying earlier was is that this is a series of games sci-fi fantasy what have you that does not have a clear good guy bad guy protagonist antagonist everyone's just bad yeah everyone's <laughs> the just humans there. the humans in their fight for survival have basically turned into a race of nazis orcs just live to destroy things the demons of chaos do their own thing and even the elves and other races that exist in this universe uh commit atrocities against other races because they're not them yeah yeah but I guess in a game where the focus is combat, who cares? <laughs> um, but it's a pretty... It's kind of weird. It can be straightforward to some degree, but then there's also a lot of complex stories and lore. Um, I mean, there are like novels and stuff. There's a TTRPG for it. One of the big streaming services is uh, currently working on making a TV show. Oh, really? Which one? Uh, I want to say it's either Netflix or HBO. Okay, I haven't heard about it from either. Um, it, that's because it is still very much in production. They barely have a teaser trailer for it. Um, nothing is really set in stone. If they, could, had, if they had a teaser trailer, it'd be set in stone. It's probably more of a proof of concept it, trailer. It uh, Probably. Or it could be something that might go the way of uh, another movie or slash TV show of a certain comedian that we're both big fans of, where it just doesn't see the light of day ever. <laughs> Uh, I know you're talking about. I just don't know if I can say his name without getting demonetized. That's okay. I'm not monetized. Oh. <laughs> they shut me down a while back. <laughs> Very well then. But um, so yeah, that's uh, I can go on and on about some of the lore stuff that I've heard from other YouTubers. But one, I am not as big into the Warhammer lore, 40k or as uh, the actual fantasy game is called Age of Sigmar. Not as big into those as G, and most of the stuff that I've learned have come from other YouTubers. It um, seems like you care more about lore than the actual game. I love stories. That's one of the reasons I like D&D. It's fun to play the characters and use the mechanics to win uh, conflicts, but I, it, I, I love stories. I've loved stories ever since I got into video games years and years ago. Yeah, everybody loves a good story, but... uh. Now let's kind of get into the things required to play. I mean, of course you're going to need minis and likely terrain also. This game doesn't have like a playmat. It takes up like an entire table. So this game is very unique because it is, even if you don't have minis or terrain, it is super high maintenance because much like Dungeons and Dragons or any other tabletop RPG-esque game, it has various editions of rules. They will constantly update things as, one, the story continues throughout this universe that they have created at Games Workshop. They will update things so that new players can get involved more easily, plus also to appease old fans of the game. It is very much evolving on a regular basis. And even if you don't have the minis, which alone are expensive, and you don't have the terrain, which is even more so expensive, you constantly have to keep updating yourself about <laughs> the mechanics of each individual unit 
and the general rules of how each army work. And you can do this usually in about one of two ways. Three, if you buy things individually. The first way is you can just go to the Games Workshop website or any other game shop's provider of um, merchandise, and you can download PDFs of virtual files. You can buy what are known as the codexes, which are basically big compendiums that they release with each new edition um, that give you all the latest updated mechanics and stats of each individual unit. And then there's the... Um, for the more casual people, you can just download individual stat sheets for individual unit types that you can get for whatever your army, your forces happen to have. All of which can be substantially expensive <laughs> if you don't know where to get it. Yeah, the, the price of this game really turns me off, and we're going to talk about that uh, kind of in segments. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the minis. You already have some that you're about halfway done making so the uh when you get into warhammer whether it's age of sigmar or 40k as a hobby it is usually going to be your only hobby if you want to get whole hog into it because in addition to having to buy everything if you're not creative enough to come up with and it's really expensive yeah it really this expensive. Game is i think too expensive the the miniatures that we're talking about um for this past christmas i was gifted the Start collecting orcs box, which comes with a number of orc infantrymen, a couple of elite units, and an armored unit um, that you can build and paint and customize. Uh, this box, um, depending on where you buy it, can range anywhere from eighty to a hundred dollars. It has nineteen minis in it for a hundred dollars. Nineteen minis, and here's the thing. $100 for 19 minis, if they were built and painted, would already be too much money in my opinion. But not only are they not painted, they're not put together. And I know that building and painting miniatures is a hobby by itself. A lot of people do it and don't even play these games. They just like making it like art. But for 100 bucks for 19 minis that you have to do... All Almost the work for. all the work on, other than basically designing and printing. That's insane. And now I will say in its defense, when I was making these, uh, I did go out and I bought um, some of the tools individually. By the way, I do not mean to talk bad about other companies, but do not buy Citadel or War uh, Workshops, uh, Games Workshop brand tools for these because just like these miniatures they charge you out the butt for them yeah they're the same exact tools you can get at your local hardware store but they're like triple the price and all the only difference is they have the logo um, stamped on them yeah to give you an idea like support your local game stores and stuff like get the minis from your local game stores but <laughs> get the tools from just uh go to lowe's yeah go to like I, lowe's. I, will, I will tell you this right now when i first got this i had to go out and buy a a small exacto set knife or exacto knife set and i had to get a little set of wire clippers um now these wire clippers and the exacto knives that i got i got one from hobby lobby and i got one from lowe's the exacto set cost me about 15 bucks and it comes with like three exacto knife handles and a bunch of blades and i got the clippers um they were like craftsmen or something. Uh, I got them for about six bucks. So that's about $21 worth of value for all the tools that I needed. To buy the exact same tools with the Citadel logo would have cost about $60 for <laughs> just those two tools. This must be a really good game if they can get away with this nonsense. I mean, people will, people will, 
There was one YouTuber I watched a while ago that said that uh, people will actually go to banks and take out loans just to keep up with this hobby. I wouldn't do that. No way. But um, it can be very expensive, and that is very much a turnoff. Uh, but getting back to the argument we made earlier, uh, my defensive argument for it is that while the miniatures are expensive, putting them together can be very therapeutic. That's, um, that's pretty weird, because when I was watching you put them together a couple of weeks ago, you were, like, mad. Well, I was mainly <laughs> mad because I wanted the glue to dry, and it wasn't drying as quickly. That wasn't And the then when it fault. did dry, you realized you put the arms on the wrong work, and you had to take the thing apart. Um, but, I mean, literally, like, I had, when I was still making these, I had a bad day at work. Um, it was stressful, and I came home. I turned on some orcish-themed battle music, and I just started constructing miniatures independently by myself and it was very calming yeah i can see the painting is calming but putting them together seems like a chore and that's the other uh, that there are there are definitely more cons than pros with these i do enjoy playing the game i've played a couple rounds with g oh you have mm -hmm. i wasn't sure you played it all yet honestly. i haven't played with the, the the orc miniatures that i got but i got him a starter set that comes with two units from opposing armies that you can like practice with and stuff and the practice rounds that I did with him were very fun. It was um, Space Marines versus Necrons, which are like necromancers versus, you know, soldiers. Um, but the um, there were a few instances where I accidentally did glue a wrong arm to a wrong body part. And I, I hate that because, you know, if I'm going to pay that much money for it, I don't want something that's going to involve risk in me creating and looking back at it now, it's not a big issue. In fact, I you can barely notice the mistake. But it's that immediate act of, oh, I messed up. That should not be something that pops into my mind when I get done paying a unnecessary amount of money for. Yeah, because not only was the set you have with 19 miniatures like 100 bucks, you had to buy the tools, you had to buy the paint, you had to buy all this different stuff. So it's probably closer to like 150 once you get everything. And, and that's one of the reasons why my For miniatures... this one little set. This is like a starting set for the thing. <laughs> yeah, and one of the my miniatures right now, they're not painted. They're fully assembled, but they're not painted. And I haven't painted them yet because I'm actually afraid... Of uh, messing up your table. Of, well, of messing up the table, but also messing up the minis. Because you have to... Uh, I've never painted miniatures before, so it's not necessarily Warhammer. It's just miniatures painting in general. But I don't want to paint on the primer and then have it glob up and get goopy and make a mistake somewhere that will just make it look like garbage. Cause I'm, I, I'm not expecting these to look perfect, but I don't want these to look too bad. And especially mm -hmm. after I got done paying so much money and putting so much effort into them to begin with. Well, next time G's in town, maybe you can do it with him. Cause I saw his painted uh, space Marines and he did a fantastic job. That's like, what I, I spoke to him. And that was his first time ever. And I was like, dude, that looks pro. He did a fantastic yeah. job on his Marines. Uh, I'm definitely waiting right now for him to make a stop back in town so I can pick his brain about painting strategies. Cause I'm not familiar with painting these at all. And I, like I said, I don't, I'm expecting to make some mistakes, but I don't want to make some that are, like, detrimental. You know, as long as their faces are green, I think you'll be fine. Surprisingly enough, the paint is actually reasonably priced. Maybe that's the reason why people don't complain as much. Yeah. Um, but those are my personal thoughts on getting into the game. Um, I guess now if we want to, we can start talking about some of the individual... Well, there's also the terrain. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm actually not that familiar with the terrain. I've seen finished products, and the terrain is so extensive on 
some of these figures that I've seen that other YouTubers have created that you can actually take the little platforms that the miniatures come with and you can like create grass and desert and all kinds of environmental features on the bottom of the stands. I think the kinds you put on the table that your minis interact with and work around and etc. But but the, the reason I say that about the minis is that it's just that extensive. Like even D&D they don't have environmental effects on miniatures unless they're like super specially made or they're premium figures with yeah the premium ones often have like a little uh dirt or something on the bottom because they're often just painted versions of nolzer's figures but with warhammer you can actually buy pre-made um environment materials everything from grass to desert to mountains and even you know urban settings like with steel and concrete yeah and, and you don't I, I don't even think you should get like specifically for warhammer like licensed stuff because like not. you can get stuff from like uh hobby stores like michael's or something like go to their diorama section or something like that or you can go on the etsy and people have made like big rocks and stuff out of foam and etsy has a bunch of quote-unquote war gaming terrain they mean Warhammer 40,000, but they don't put that in the title because they don't want it to get taken down. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of gaming terrain on Etsy. And it's that's probably the more reasonably priced stuff because that's actually made by other... Not by companies. Basically. Yeah, the Etsy stuff is kind of pricey, but it's also made from scratch, oftentimes. And it's completely made completely. And, very, and it's like often one of a kind as well. So you're not going to find it literally anywhere else. And it really makes your table unique. Honestly, I would much rather use my imagination for some of that stuff. Like, if, if I were to just clear off my gaming table right now... Which is never going to happen for your entire life. Yeah, because of <laughs> D&D. Um, but I, I would much rather use random items I have strewn about my house. Books, boxes, crates, cables. I would much rather use home items and say, okay, this is what... This is what it represents on this map, and then I, go from there. I have, like, a bunch of action figure diorama stuff that I could just bring in a duffel bag and you could use, honestly. Like, lots of adult collectible action figures come with, like, diorama pieces, and I would happily bring those that you could put minis on. Uh, that would be fine by me. I would not mind at all. Or you could just, you know, get the little army man stuff that you could put things on or like Legos, just build it with Legos. That'd probably be really fun. Like that's completely viable. Just build it with Legos. Oh yeah. I would, that would be funny to see a Lego games workshop crossover where you have Warhammer 40k ultraviolet grim dark figures in a Lego design. Oh, are these Warhammer 40k minis? Yeah, and we didn't even have to put the price on it because 40k was already there. But I feel like that <laughs> if you've ever actually bought specialty Lego stuff and sets, those can also be equally expensive. Yeah, Lego's a very expensive hobby and Warhammer is a very expensive hobby. So combining them... You probably wouldn't save that much. Well, I guess you would because you could take the Legos apart and build new terrain and you wouldn't have to buy new terrain every time you needed it or wanted it. Whatever. Just get those Mega Bloks, Dragons, Fire, and Ice things. Those will work. Those mm -hmm. were cool. <laughs> but yeah, um, I the game is fun, if not expensive. And uh, with the help of G, I actually did decide that Orcs was the group that I wanted to play with. If ever I'm able to actually play the game with other people. Which didn't surprise me at all. Because every time we do something, you go for a really strong, really 
stupid character. You you got you, no no I'm dead serious. You're, oh no, that's you're, why I'm you're, laughing because you know me so well. Your favorite DC villain Solomon Grundy. Your favorite Marvel heroes the Hulk. Your actually favorite... it's changed from Grundy to Bang. Okay, specifically so still... the Harley Quinn Bang. Okay, so still stupid then. <laughs> I was gonna say Comic Bane's smart, and then you were like the one from the Harley Quinn show, and I was like, okay, well he's a moron. <laughs> so you know, still. <laughs> I just like brutes. I don't know why I can't explain it. I just like the brutes. I'm gonna blow up Jamba Juice. <laughs> Such a weird depiction of Bane. Um, I love it though. But the, the thing that really drew me to orcs is that they are, you know, the old saying if you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough to survive in this world. Orcs are the epitome of that. They are so dumb. That they do not care how the laws of physics and the reality works around them. They they straight up believe that by painting your weapons and armor certain colors, you get magical properties from them. And through study from the other races, they have determined that these effects actually do exist. They're not just tribal bullcrap. But at the same time, none of the other races can understand how does this work. By painting a vehicle red, it should not go faster, yet it does. By painting a bomb yellow, it should not explode bigger, yet it does when it's in the hands of the orcs. I don't know, man. It's like uh, it's like in D&D, you got that fish person race where if they believe in a god hard enough, it'll come into existence. The Kuotoa, yeah. Yeah, that's what they're called. I'm definitely going to have a homebrew with them as a main bad guy. <laughs> I wanted to call them the Krakatoa, like Squidward's superhero persona. Krakatoa! <laughs> oh... But yeah, the orcs are literally the only reason why the orcs haven't taken over the the 40k universe, according to most theorists, is because they literally just live to fight. And if they kill everyone in the known universe, then they have no one else to fight. So they will literally uh, try to dominate an enemy. And if it turns out to be too easy of a fight, or if the enemy they're fighting is too close to being eradicated, they will actually let them go to regather their strength just to fight them again later on. Yeah, so uh, tell me about the gameplay itself, because I didn't know you'd played a practice session, because I knew you didn't build these until he uh, left back to his where he lives after Christmas. Yeah, so I'll try and break this down simply. One, because there's a lot of rules, and two, I'm not the most knowledgeable person on every single rule. But basically, it is uh, similar to a TTRP, uh, no, not, not TTRPG, what's um, real-time strategy, where you have yes. units of an army that move in real time. And as the commander, you can tell them where to go, what actions they're supposed to do, while trying to either defeat your enemy on the table, or try to complete an objective before your enemy. Um, just like other role-playing games, there are a lot of ways that you can play um, Warhammer 40K. You can play Capture the Flag mode. You can play Domination. You can uh, capture strategic locations and items um, along with other game modes besides just kill your opponent. Um, it's very versatile in your style of gameplay. Um and that's one of the things I think drew my attention to it to begin with is because it's not just, oh, here's your army, there's their army, go kill them. You can do other things. And even though orcs are the dumbest race out of all of them, even they have you know strategic know-how besides just eradicating the enemy. Um, I do got to admit, these minis have a good sculpt, too. They're, they're cool-looking minis. I'll give them that. 
even though they're overpriced. But um, there are varieties in the types of units. Um, if I remember correctly, G told me that there is a point system that is recorded in the codexes or instructions for each race. Uh, like, for example... Yeah, each mini takes up a certain amount of points. You've got... like I'll, I'll use my orcs, for example. You've got the lowest level in infantry, which cost you know, minimal points. Then you've got elites that cost more than the regular infantry. Uh, and then you've got various uh, machines that can consist of artillery, vehicles, aircraft, spacecraft, and other such. And those typically cost the most. Um, then, of course, you have champion characters, which are lore-specific um, creatures and units that have unique abilities. Um and you even have some miniatures that are so big they can barely be considered miniatures, but they're like walking fortresses, and they cost the most points. Typically, if you have one of those... They have the most money, I'm sure. Yeah. Typically, if you have one of those, uh, that's the only thing you have on your field. <laughs> um, the one for the orcs is called the Stampa, and it's about a five-story tall ramshackled behemoth full of rocket launchers and artillery pieces. Woof. Um... But essentially, um, your units that are organized into different categories, um, they move in sync with each other. And one thing that is rather unique about Warhammer 40k is that you actually need a measuring stick to play. Because yeah. each you pretty much have free range of movement on the board. Because you play on an entire table. You don't play on a mat with little squares. Yes, you play on a, a full table. And each unit, they don't say move X spaces. They don't say move into certain number of spots. They literally say you have so many inches of movement or so many centimeters of movement, depending on what country you're playing in. And um, you've got some units that are like infantry that can move anywhere between four to six spaces. Uh, vehicles can move pretty much all over the board, however much they want. Um, and unlike the Age of Sigmar Warhammer games, this game has firearms which depending on what type of firearm your unit has can shoot anywhere from 10 inches to 120 inches and just have free range of the board uh so that really opens up for more strategy and battle tactics but uh all of the units have to stay a certain distance between each other so like you can't just have your if you've got a single unit of infantry, you can't just break them off into two infantry units. They have to stay within um, five inches of each other or so. I, or, I don't remember exactly how many inches it is, but basically it's called... This is just the first impressions episode. Yeah, so I'm not going to... To get... break up the TTRPG stuff, so... Yeah, I think it's called unit cohesion, where you have to keep your units within... Your individual units a certain distance apart from one another. Um... So, like, for example, if I've got 10 infantry units and a vehicle and a, uh, a champion, um, the individual units do not have to stay within a certain distance of the champion or the vehicle. But you can't have your 10 units break up into five units because that would break unit cohesion. It sounds weird and should sound like it's doable, but that was what, something I was told by G and a couple of YouTubers who play the game more regularly. Yeah, I haven't watched like I haven't watched a single YouTube video on this stuff because to be honest, I'm not that interested. And I like you seem to be really into it, but I, I have almost no I I don't care if I ever play, to be honest. Because it's so expensive. Like there's no way I could ever afford this game without dropping other hobbies, and I don't want to do that for sure. 
but also like and that's saying a lot because the kind of tabletop miniature like war strategy games like star wars miniatures and dungeons and dragons miniatures which i believe we did review actually like that's actually my favorite type of tabletop game not ttrpgs i know that's what we talk about the most but my favorite type of tabletop game is actually the type we're talking about right now and i have no interest in this game i i know it seems like devil's advocate but it's not i really just the price turns me off you have to basically have days of efforts before you can even play hundreds of dollars uh it's like is it worth it and one thing that also I I can understand to an extent why they do this, but so much because they want money, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, actually, no, that is the point with this argument I have to make is uh, they won't just make a bunch of miniatures for a uh, in a certain edition, and then you know, like, you know how like with D and D when they come out with a new module, they have all of the miniatures set aside. Say, here's what you're gonna get. Here's what we're looking at. Go for it. Right um, with Games Workshop, they very much follow trends. They will print the most, uh, whether it's miniatures or codexes, they will print out what is most popular at the time. That's why there are so many different factions, groups, miniatures, and paint options for the Space Marines um, and the Chaos Forces, because that's just what everybody likes. Basically, there's only a couple, there's about a dozen and a half different orc sets and that's just because while the orcs, in my personal opinion, they're my favorite, they're a niche group. So you have to be really creative if you're going to get into one of the other factions like the orcs or the, um, the I forget what they're called, but they're basically space elves. Uh, because there's just not that many miniatures to really customize what exactly you want. Yeah, I can kind of see why the orcs are less, pop- less uh, popular because they do seem to have the least amount of like diversity and uh just things in their backstory to be honest there are different factions of orcs um like for example the orcs that i wanted to make for these uh, as shown by various totems uh is the bad moon clan but there's only like five or six clans and really the only difference between their strategies is uh the color that they choose to paint their equipment and do they prefer to use guns or weapons or vehicles? Very, very basic differences. Guns are weapons, but uh, Sorry, uh, guns... <laughs> Martial weapons, you mo- mean? Well, yeah, melee weapons. Guns, yeah. melee weapons, or vehicles is their bread and butter. Um, but they're not very diverse other than that. And it kind of makes me a little bit sad because it just uh, it shows that... or They will show more love to certain groups than others simply because... They're trying to make the most profit based on trends. And I guess you can't blame a company for trying to profit. That is the point of companies. No, but it is... I, I'm, but not, also, I'm not you, blaming them. Sorry. But also, if most people can't afford your game, like, are you losing money then? It seems like they're going for a few people spending just a ton instead of a bunch of people spending a moderate amount. Yeah. Um, that's one of the reasons why I, while I am getting a little bit into Warhammer, Dungeons and Dragons will still be my go-to game of choice because they do make it very accessible for a variety of people to play. Yeah, you can play Dungeons and Dragons on low budget. Like, you can play Dungeons and Dragons with just character sheets, rule books, and that's it. And you can, you can custom tailor 
Dungeons and Dragons to your playstyle. Like I know there are YouTubers out there who do everything completely virtual between D and D Beyond and things like World Anvil and um, uh, various other softwares that allow you to do all this virtual <laughs> stuff. I personally, uh, I don't use all of that stuff. I am very comfortable with using hard copies of the the books and using simple software like Microsoft Offices and Google Docs to get all my stuff done. A little bit of virtual stuff just for organizing the paperwork, but I love the feeling of pages in my hand. But... Yeah, uh, and if but, your computer's but, not working one day, then you still, you know, have it. Yeah, I still have some physical notes that I've made. I've still got the books. Uh, Dungeons <coughs> & Dragons has made it so versatile and so... <coughs> you okay? My throat's just a little scratchy. Take a sip of... Yeah, I'm trying to drink my tea here. Um, but they make it so accessible in Dungeons & Dragons, whereas Warhammer is very niche, very specific, and very demanding. Yeah, I just don't see myself getting into this game. That's not to say I won't enjoy playing it, because honestly, I probably will. It is very fun, but it is a lot of work for a small payoff. And yeah, I'll you let you guys do the work. The only work I want to put into it is probably learning the rules, and then I'll be good. And honestly, I did have this whole list. Like, when G was first introducing me to the game, I had, like, this whole list of, like, ooh, this miniature looks cool. Ooh, I want to possibly get that. This will be fun. And then I actually got done building my first set of um, orcs. And I'm like, you know, the novelty's kind of worn off. I don't know if I want to put in that much effort. Like, I actually cut myself multiple times. I, I literally put, put blood into making these. Um, I don't know if I want to do that again. And you put sweat into everything you do. Well, it's just because I'm heavy set. <laughs> it's okay. We all got bellies. This is the 21st century. The century of the belly. Uh, I'm not morbidly obese, by the way. That's just no. a joke. Yeah, we're just good. Um, but it is interesting. I do like it to an extent. Do I want to make it my main hobby? No. Will I be interested to play it with other people? Yes. Yeah, this is just something that I'll play when other people want to play. But I, even if I like really enjoy it, there's no way I'm buying these and doing all the work my cat will destroy them anyway you know (laughs) i'm actually more than happy just to sit back and listen to lore videos and listen read books about this stuff because the lore actually is very impressive you know it's what would a future look like if humanity became super powerful but at the same time had to fight other beings that were equally powerful if not more powerful just to survive um kind of fascinating (coughs) Yeah, I'm not a big lore guy. That's a lot of work. <laughs> That's a lot of work. Well, when you got all these YouTube videos, it's no different than like listening to an audiobook in your car. Yeah, but also, I have Audible, so I'd rather spend the time actually listening to audiobooks in my car. On the way uh, here today, I listened to audiobooks in the car. So, you know, gotta make that fourteen ninety nine a month worth it. But yeah, uh, anything else you're interested in discussing about these? I think I've ranted enough about what I like and don't like. Yeah, I mean, <coughs> once again, this is my favorite kind of tabletop miniature game, so I'll probably enjoy it. I think the miniatures are sculpted pretty well. Uh, they do look cool. But I, I, I can't see myself putting this much money and work into it. Like, I'd have to stop reading comics and collecting other stuff, and I'm just not going to do that. Totally. I'm just not gonna. I'm not gonna. Uh, 
But yeah, that's probably it for today's episode. Uh, we kind of just wanted to do this first impression segment because it might take us a while to do full Warhammer 40k videos, especially since I'm not really <coughs> trying to get into it. Ooh, I need to go so I can uh, get some more drink. I'm actually out of tea. But, uh, yeah, we're, we just wanted to break up kind of the Dungeons & Dragons stuff. Because remember, several months ago, we were like, man, we don't want this to become a Dungeons & Dragons-only podcast. And it kind of has been that for the past few months. And uh, I just really wanted something non-D&D. And even non-TTRPG, to be honest. But that's it. There will be more hit Warhammer 40k videos in the future. Thank you all very much for your support. Uh, the next episode will probably be another Descendant to Avernus. But, uh, you know, still fun. So that's it. Thank you all once again. And we'll see you all next time. Bye for now.